So hi everyone, Richard Deacon from Canada. The Okanagan Valley is a wine region, believe it or not. We have some similarities to uh, the Willamette Valley in Oregon and also Sonoma. Uh, Pinot Noirs are what our valley is known for and quite quickly becoming um, a really well, world-renowned region. So we have a city called Kelowna. There's a few cities in our, uh, in our region, but Kelowna is a town of about 150,000 maybe, is that somewhere right? Um, fastest growing city in Canada. Uh, mid-sized city. It's probably the most desirable mid-sized city of its size in the country as far as its beauty, proximity to nature. We border Washington State at the south, and then our lake goes up uh, 100 miles, and, uh, and that's our, our region. So I've been in business for, this is my fourth year. Um, I'll talk to you a little bit about that path as we get through today. So I haven't been around a long time, but I've uh, had a pretty good rise and worked really hard in these, uh, in these last few years. I was on a panel a couple of years ago, I guess, was that in, in California? Or, and we talked about, um, I talked about, you know, my, my desire to really go after the high end of the market. So that's what I have tried to do and had some great success with it. So uh, it's a tough one. It's tough to make, you know, a living and hang your business on luxury listings. Uh, but I wanted to do it. And I think it was just my background where I had come from before, which was in, in advertising and working with, uh, with luxury brands. Okay, so to put some context around this, how many transactions did you do last year? Oh my gosh, I don't know. If... He's being modest. <laughs> I'll, I'll come back with the real numbers, I'm not 100% sure, but I think we're 100 roughly, just underneath that. <laughs> yeah, just 100. Yeah. That's awesome. Being four years in the business, that's amazing. And total volume was? Uh, exact numbers. <laughs> Quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> His average price when he told me yesterday was what, two million? Yeah, twice the, I was two going million. to, for an average price, went twice the average in our market. Our average in the market is a million. So typically that's my, mine's, mm -hmm. mine's two million. So you can do the math there. Um, incredibly successful, so kudos to you. Thank you, now I'm turning red. <laughs> okay, um, so my background is uh, nine years actually um, to this month, I really have had my real estate license. Previous to that, I was in consulting and I went around the country and sold a lot of hope to a lot of large uh, Fortune 1000 companies that they could uh, grow their sales organizations into a different, broader sphere, typically migrating their price points up and, and uh, their overall wallet share of, of spend. So that's what I did in the past. Um, transition, um, nine years in the business, uh, decided to pivot, much like Richard, I moved to a new city and um, decided that I didn't want to travel on planes anymore. I had a baby at 40 and decided that this has got to stop. So I wanted to have um, a business that I could build in my own hometown and have people that could um, rely on me and that I could help and serve. Um, so that's the, the trajectory of the business. Um, three years ago, uh, my husband and I, Matt, um, decided that we were going to buy into Anglin Volkers. And we purchased a franchise. We located that franchise in St. Petersburg, Florida, the number one beach, by the way, in the US. Yes. So come visit us. The, the weather is amazing. It's much better here than in Vegas. Um, so that was the first shop. We opened that in 2019. Um, we then opened a second um, location just last, last month, the 22nd of February, in St. Pete Beach. Um, volume, I think, is important as a context setter. Uh, 43 million last year for our team. Uh, brokerage in the third year is doing 140 million. So um, that's my story. Thank you. We'll just ditch that one. Yeah. Thank you. So you're both private office advisors, which is a fabulous achievement. Tell us about the goal or goals that you set for yourselves um, as you're embarking on your real estate career. 
Okay. So to be honest with you, I'm going to always be real when I have these um, conversations in that when nine years ago we decided to transition our lives into a new city and uh, go into real estate, my goals were very small, to be honest with you. They were probably pretty large for the time sake of, of what we were trying to accomplish and probably thought, you know, we just wanted to replace the income that we have as a starting point from what we were making at that time. So we started at a, at a low goal and, you know, this, this series is called Million Dollar Mindset. Never in my wildest dreams did I set out and say that I wanted to make a million dollars annually in real estate. That's not what we set out as a goal. Um, however, transition forward, we started with something small and then we grow that. And so we think about, from a planning perspective, we started thinking about doubling revenue each and every year. That's what we looked at. That was our strategy and we mapped out plans to do that. So I, how did that go Yeah, similar. In fact, the, the only thing that's different for me is that I did want to get to that million dollar number and not, you know, not for any other reason than just it was, it was kind of an easy number to pick, I guess. Uh, it wasn't easy to get to it, <laughs> right. but uh, so I had a three-year plan and I wanted to be in private office. I've only been in the business for four. It was my fourth full, fourth? Fourth full oh, year. Last night. <laughs> <laughs> Right, you understand. <laughs> we were in the COVID room getting testing, yes. and I'm ahead of him in line, yeah. and I hear them say, oh, how are you? And I hear this male voice behind me go, I'm really hungover today. <laughs> well, it was a nurse. She was a nurse. I thought maybe she was healthy. It was an IV. Yeah, right, 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 right. COVID tests make the hangover go away. Uh, so I did have a goal. I really wanted to get to that million-dollar mark within those three years. Um, was able to do it, which, is, which has been amazing. Really wanted to double my business, in fact, in those in those three years, which I was able to do actually, right almost to the exact number. I'm not sure how I'm going to do it this next year, uh, but I actually wanted to be inducted into private office, which I had the honor of in October. And it was, I think if you don't know a lot about private office, I would definitely encourage you to mm -hmm. talk to me or talk to a private office advisor just about what it means. It's not just some snobby exclusive club. I mean, for me, I think it was because you know I do feel that, that the real estate profession is not always held in high regard, and it, it bugged me a little bit. Uh, and I, and I, you know, I've also worked with some with some agents in our town, and probably just anywhere, that are great at what they do, and others that aren't. Um, but I really wanted to approach it a little bit like the conversations that I had with my lawyer or my accountant, you know, a doctor, just that trusted professional. So for me, the private office designation was something that I thought would really help set me apart. I was also going after and competing with agents that were in the luxury segment that have been in the business for 10, 15, 20 years. So I felt like I needed that as a bit of a calling card, if you will, to get those listings. Mm -hmm. So. He was much more strategic in his thought. Um, to be very candid with you, I was busy opening up our shop, and I, my um, operations person came to me and said, you need to get in a private office. And I said, well, I really love to do that. Um, I'm not sure I have the time to do that, but let, let's try. So anyway, I went through the process, and, and it is an extremely laborious process to do, but it's worth it, I will tell you that. So uh, what I can say to you in the, the hindsight and looking at it and being accepted in a private office is such a tremendous opportunity um, to learn because I wanted to know the secret sauce of what he or anybody else that would be in private office knew. So I knew I didn't have all the answers and I wanted to be amongst people that would raise my game and I felt like private office, once I got in there, like, oh, this is like the best thing ever because I have a bunch of colleagues around me that are just doing the most amazing things um, in their markets and in their, the way that they treat clients and it's just been just such an extraordinary um, experience to, to witness that and understand that at a different level than I would in my own current market.
and borrowing ideas, stealing ideas from, from colleagues. You know, there's just some great stuff and you can apply a lot of those tactics in your own markets, whether it's marketing or just the way that, I mean, even some stuff that you and I were sharing yesterday just about how different uh, you handle your business and some of the things that I better get on if I'm gonna continue to grow like this. Right. Thank you. I think you've made some great points about, um, you know, setting these goals. You both obviously achieved your goals. What advice can you give to this group as far as how you achieved those goals. Like Richard, I know personally, you did a road show. Like you went around across the country. Tell the group about how you did that. Please. Yeah, that was a, was a lot of fun. Uh, it did involve even more drinking, which apparently I did at. I think it was about 40 shops that I went to in maybe a year and a half, two years. I mean, there's, there's lots of faces in the room. So because we're a wine region, I would traditionally bring wine in or order wine from, uh, from our region and pour it at, uh, at a shop. Um, I put my family through going to shops when I was on holidays all around the world. Uh, just, you know, just getting out there and saying hello. Sometimes I would shamelessly bring my listings in and have them all over the counter. And, uh, I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was a great way. But also out of that, I mean, now it's probably over 50 referrals that I've received in the last maybe two years. Um, but that, what that, those, those, the 40 shops that I visited to translated I into about 38 referrals. Unbelievable. Um, but I think that just goes kind of hand in hand. What I was just going to say, there's no secret sauce. It's just putting in the work. Uh, I probably work too much. You need to definitely figure that out. We were talking about that a bit yesterday too. You know, if I need to get more stuff done, I'll just work more. I need to work a little smarter and maybe have to harness a few other things. But uh, putting in that work is just so, so important. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we have a saying, um, and it goes along with your shoes, actually, um, is just do the damn thing, okay? So there's things you don't want to do in the business. There are things that you think you maybe don't need to do or shouldn't do. Um, you know what, just do it. Uh, the phone is your best friend and you know, planning and, and escalating. Like, he came to the business with you know, a really nice clean slate and a really great market. For me, I came into the business um, at a different sort of agency level and I thought, well, I don't know anyone here so I have to start at a completely different path. Um, at Angle Volkers, you don't have to do that, which is amazing. Right. So I, I cost ourselves a lot of time, to be candid, um, worrying about sort of like how do I migrate myself up. What I recommend you do is focus on the things that you want to do and the things that are going to be making you money. Our philosophy is if you're going to spend a dollar and you can get a return of $5 or you get a return of 10 or 20 choose the thing that you're going to be good at that can get you the 10x or 20x return. Um, so that, that's, that's our philosophy. So, you know, his business is so different than mine. Uh, we run a volume-based business because our market is not all luxury. So I know there's going to be people sitting in here that don't have a luxury market base that's full on as you would, um, which is, you know, we still make our own way. And uh, we make our own way migrating um, sort of elegant, nice, beautiful luxury listings. At the same time, we do all kinds of listings at, you know, at the same exact time. So um, we just say yes to pretty much everything um, because we always think that that's going to lead to another good experience, another client, another relationship, and it does pay back in good karma. Two things that, that I did and still do, 10%, uh, I put 10% of what I earned typically back into marketing, um, whatever that is, you know, whatever is working for you, whatever you want to try out. Um, not all of it's paid, but you know, even just the cost for staff to work on, you know, whether it's putting a social media account together or whatever it is, and then 10% back into education or learning. So. You know, lifelong learning doesn't just have to be about real estate, and, and I guess part of this being here would qualify for that. But just you know, continually trying to learn and, and get better. That, that's books. You know, that's uh, 
anything, frankly, but I think it's so important to, uh, to continue to feed that, um, that mindset. And you know, at the end of the day, I deal with clients that are far smarter and more sophisticated than me, and they're all doing that, and they kind of expect that uh, from me, is what I believe. Great. I think you just kind of answered my next question. Oh, sorry. So why is developing a formula or system crucial to your success? Right. So I think you were kind of, but Lisa, do you want to talk to that? Sure. So I came from a performance background where a lot of metrics were in place and we still look at that as, as a holistic sort of like front because just doing the thing, you have to figure out what is the thing that we're going to do and that we look at, you know, sort of the legs underneath the table is how we really look at it and how many legs do we have um, in case the business changes. This is an ever-changing business. I can't believe how quickly this sort of environment that we, that we operate in changes and evolves, right? So you've got to figure out your path. What is that path? Just be you. And, and I, I can appreciate so much the, the philosophies and the sayings that were um, being talked about today because you can't be not you. You have to be you, but figure out what that is. And the other thing I'd say is if, if I asked you to right now to take, to take out a piece of paper or your phone and you write down, do it right now. Just, just pull out your phone or whatever. Write down the number of income, the amount of income you want to make in 2022. Write it down for just one second. Got a number? Okay, double it. Does that seem scary? Yes, it does. Do it anyway. Why, why is it scary, do you think? It can seem daunting. Okay? It can seem like, oh my God, I can barely make whatever I've got to put, put on this paper right now. But here's the thing. If you think about the doubling of that number and you put that on a piece of paper and you think about that every single day, and when you have a question mark in your mind, do I do this or do I not do that? Is the doing part is going to get you to that, that doubling of that number. The other thing I'll share with you, and from a metrics perspective, if you think about working backwards into that number, so whatever that number is, you're going to need to basically take that, divide it by 0 0.0275, which is 2.75% margin erosion is happening, right? So we're just going to say most of the deals are going to land you at an average of 2.75%. That's going to give you your volume, okay? Then you can look at your average in your market or in your shop. Divide that. That's going to give you the number of transactions you're going to need. Guess what? Divide that. Or actually take that and multiply that times 50, and that tells you how many conversations you're going to need right. to actually execute on that doubling of the number. How many people have that figured out? Or how many, raise your hands if you got that formula? <laughs> on the first number. Yeah, yeah. It's so important. And you know, mm -hmm. the numbers get less scary, or at least they become obvious as far as what you have to do. If you've got to make, you know, those, if you've got to have that many people in your leads, you know, your hopper, you better get on it, right? And it, mm -hmm. those numbers can become very easy to, you know, kind of prove out. Exactly. And exactly. But if you don't focus on it, it's not going to happen. This, this business, he did not reach what he achieved just by accident. Oh, and by the way, our commission's half. 3% is the total, but oh. we, charge, we have to split that. So 1.5%, I know it's ridiculous. They say the realtors are overpaid. Wow. <laughs> but wow. Is it higher in Ontario? It is a little bit higher in Ontario, right? Five. 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 Split five, yeah. You're seeing a lot of downward pressure. So we, yeah, we split three. Yeah. Now, so sorry. We, I, we yeah. charge Thank four. I'll charge five, six on some deals. If it, you know, even the higher end deals, it's going to be a lot of work. Yeah, good point. Thank you for the Canadian uh, vantage point because I think in American terms, but yeah. Okay, so what are some of the most important E&B tools that you use in your business that you would recommend that this group either try if they haven't or 
You go ahead. Yeah, uh, I bought everything from Red Central that I did when we first still have it. Some of them I haven't used. No, I've used almost everything. It's just so important. You know, just incorporate, you know, the Red Book, incorporate the presentations. Um, you know, I, I put a lot of time into, with Jen's help that works with me, into curating our gift boxes and our bags for clients. Um, just last week, someone had, a bunch of different people had referred me, just put together some, you know, some beautiful E&V and, and also, you know, favorite kind of wines and foods from our region. So I think using both the, the you know, the, the tools that are exist in Brand Central for your presentations, mm -hmm. but also just buying the, the amazing merchandise. Uh, talking to head office. Head office has been, you know, probably maybe I annoy them sometimes, but they're very helpful in, in getting bits of information for me to use if there's updates that you're, you know, looking for from a data's perspective too. Mm -hmm. So he's talked about the E&D side of things. Um, I, I'm an extreme person when it comes to lead generation, um, I find. So, uh, you know, whatever CRM you're going to use, it's the, the one you're going to use is going to be the one you need to get. I don't care what it costs, but you need to get it and use it. Assemble your database. Um, you've got to use that in some way. You have to touch your people. You're really good at touching people um, in a meaningful way. Uh-huh. Right? Um, so, you know, you've got to really think about how do you interact with people? How do you interface with a client? What's that look like? Um, I often say to my team, luxury is not a slip-on dress. You can't just put a luxury-looking dress on and, and act the same exact way if you want to elevate to a different price point. It has to change. So that's my two cents. Um, well, on those tools, you know, EMV has a lot of the tools that I don't personally use Resor. I use something else, something similar. But there are some great tools that exist, you know, within the ecosystem already. Mm -hmm. um, but if you don't like those, just go and find, you know, whatever the best one is for you. And then tie those back to those numbers. I mean, if, you, if you've got a CRM, well, you have to have a CRM system. Even if it's just a spreadsheet, mm -hmm. you know, Excel spreadsheet, you have your leads. Um, but tying those back to, you know, also the numbers that you want to achieve, uh, you know, is important. So Lisa, you talk about touching and, and <laughs> consistency. Mm -hmm. So how do you ensure that you are consistent with those touches and your follow-ups and, and keeping your, your database mm -hmm. um, close? Okay, think about this, right? So you're one person. How many of you have an assistant? Okay, every hand should be going up. I don't care if you hire that person for 10 hours in a week. You need an assistant. How do we achieve this? There's no way, absolutely no way, that we could do what we do without people around us. I would probably say I'm the queen of leverage because I, I know I'm not good at things. I know I drop balls. So I have to have people around me that basically pick up the things that I drop off. Um, so having an assistant organizing your life, guess what? You guys are awesome at selling real estate you're probably not great at paperwork and making sure you touch people on a consistent basis. So get people around you. Leverage the, the power that sits around you or go find that person because that's the biggest lever of change you're going to have. If you want to make more money and you want that double number of the people that want to double, who doesn't have an assistant? Well, I said it a different way. Okay, my number one goal for you guys is go get somebody in your life. You have to. You will not make it to your doubling of your number if you don't. Yeah, you've got to invest. Yep. It's just the same as that uh, spending the money on the marketing or uh, yeah. edu education. Yep. How do you keep yourselves accountable? It's a tough one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you're really good at it. I'm looking at my husband. 
He's really good at it. Is he the one that keeps you accountable? <laughs> you know, uh, he can. Sometimes he'll say to me, you know, that really sucked. Um, what we did there really stunk it. Um, he's like, we have to get better. And he's right. And I, and I hate to say it, but yeah, he's, he's oftentimes right. When he says it, I know he means it. And we're like, okay, we got to change. However, the one thing I will say is you need a coach. If you don't have a coach, look in your shop. You probably can enlist your licensed partner or someone in that shop to coach you. We have always had a coach, and I fully believe in it. And it helps us get out of our own headspace because you can get down on a, just a little wheel. You know, we get in our wheel, we keep going on that, and you have to have somebody really to kind of pull you out of it. And Accountability, it. right? Having that person to be accountable. Actually, yeah, and say, did you do what you were supposed to do? Did you just do the damn thing? Yep. You know, and I think it's, it's constantly innovating. You've got to continue to innovate. You know, even though we have a business that can be somewhat automatic and we can rinse and repeat a lot of the, the you know, things that we do with transactions, <clears throat> continually innovating is, is so important. And keeping ego in check, right? Oh, sold a $10 million listing, sold a $5 million listing, so what? Uh, you know, keep that ego in check. I mean, it, it's healthy to have an ego and it can be part of the brand if you use it in the right way. But at the same time, it certainly can be the death of you too. True. You keep answering my questions. Because oh <laughs> I, I wrote the questions. Because I know, sorry. the next question is, why is innovation a key to long-term <laughs> oh, success? So sorry. <laughs> sorry, I can't find my notes now, so that's why. Why is innovation? So important. I mean, I think we're easily forgotten, and especially the way this business is changing. And you know, with Stellway Owner and technology platforms, we've heard a lot about that over the years. The last few of these conferences, what's our point of differentiation? I mean, why are we valuable and important? Right? We're we're inserting ourselves into what often is the largest transaction that people are dealing with in their life with a you know huge asset. So, what value do we bring to the table? And it's it's more than just obviously steering a negotiation or or coming up with a market evaluation. I mean, we're, we're people and we're connecting with people and I think that's, you know, it's very important as well. Innovation is so critical. Like he's saying, think about this, right? The statistic that we heard earlier today was for every uh, one person uh, that, that knows, you know, your friend, they have eight other influencers in the real estate world talking to them. So while you're talking to them, they have other people talking to them as well. And guess what? They're probably not as good as you are. They want to discount their commissions to get the deal done. There's a whole bunch of things that are going to go on, right? So you have to be uber clear on your innovative sort of like value proposition. Like, why are you going to hire me? Take me on the journey of what that looks like. So if you're not crystal clear and can articulate that very, very well, you need to innovate yourself, is my opinion, to make sure you have that because our competition is increasing and the margins are diminishing and people think that, oh, I'll just hire some discount brokerage to go make this happen for me and why do I need you? So I think part of that innovation too, again, is in I came from a marketing background, so it was more natural for me, but you know, that innovation in what you're doing from a marketing perspective. Did something last week, did a mailer in our neighborhood, didn't work out. I bought this URL, I lovekettlevalley.com, we held a little contest in the neighborhood for people to share what they loved about this particular neighborhood to try to get more listings made a mistake in not activating something so it wasn't even going to work. And then unfortunately, didn't get any calls from it. Fine, I mean, I'm not, am I going to not do any more uh, mailers? Absolutely not, just it didn't work. So it was something I thought was clever. I guess it wasn't, but um, <laughs> continually innovating in marketing. And then I guess if you're putting that money and time in to educate yourself and to read more and to take seminars and to come to events like this, you know, use that to innovate yourself and your approach and, and solicit feedback. I think it's one of the things that 
you know, we, we talk a lot because we, we, should, we should all listen more, I think was the one uh, topic of, the, of the, one of the presentations we had. Mm -hmm. But I think at the end of the day, we need to listen and solicit feedback from clients and, and colleagues. I'm not great at it, and I'd like to do a little bit more of it personally. Mm -hmm. So what would be one final piece of advice that you would give to the advisors in the room who are looking to achieve the next level in their career? I'll let you go. I've given a lot of advice. Well, work hard, definitely, which I think you probably all know, but it literally does take that hard work. And that for you might be 20 hours, 50 hours, 100 hours, it doesn't matter the time. It's just you've got to put in that effort. And it pays off, and clients will recognize it. Answer your phone. You know, it's, it's amazing how many realtors don't answer their phone. Uh, get back to people. I mean, for me, communicating is just such a key, right? I think sometimes maybe you can even over-communicate, but it's not a terrible thing to make sure that your clients and colleagues and the realtors are always hearing back from you. I think that's, that's a really important thing. Mm -hmm. the, one, the one thing I guess I would say, aside from the other things that I've given you as, as a piece of advice, is that if you're not going to take your fair share, somebody else is doing it for you. How so? Well, they're doing the calls. They're doing the follow-up. Right. So when you think you're over-communicating, guess what? Are you? Right. You're not. <coughs> you're not. Somebody else is going to take that for you. So take your fair share is my recommendation. Thank you. Q&A, yeah. So we've got about 10 minutes. But we're just going to open the floor for questions that anybody wants to ask, Lisa or, or Richard. Any questions? I had a question. Early on, you talked about a conversation that the two of you had and shared some information that you could take and, you know, can you share that with us? Yeah, well, you're probably best to describe it because you said if I don't do this, that it's not sustainable, right, my, my growth. Um, you, so don't, yeah, you, sure. don't, you don't remember? Well, I don't remember much. But. <laughs> I'm kidding. So we're talking, and I'm asking him about his, you know, like what, it, what was his year like last year, and how much did he do, and um, I'm just blown away by what I am. I, I ask a lot of questions, and, and I, I was blown away by what he told me, and I said, well, tell me about your staff that you have to, like, handle all this business, and he's like, well, it's me. Well, I, no, Jan works at Yeah, Jan, yeah. She's yeah, she, starting yeah, a relationship now. She's just gotten licensed. Yeah. But I mean, for predominantly, he's, he's managing a lot of this on his own. And I said, geez, Louise, I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy what you're doing. I said, do you sleep? Um, he said, not enough. And I said, well, you need to outsource things immediately. Is, right. I mean, I'm very direct, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> I said, you need, to get, you need to get somebody handling your transactions. Are you doing all that work? Are you handling all this, this back and forth and dates and deadlines? And he said, yes. I said, well, that's got to stop. That was my advice to him. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, staffing up, maybe a little bit better technology, just really looking at, and you made a good point. Somebody, somebody gave you some advice that if it was a job that, you know, a certain dollar per Fif hour. Yeah, like a 15 to $20 right. dollar an hour. Yeah. If you can hire somebody to do that, do it. Yes. Get rid of it. Yeah. Hey, Richard. Hello. So I met you two years ago at Exchange after you spoke there. And I do get your newsletter, and it's always very professionally done. I was just curious how you've seen that change over time and what successes you feel like that that has brought you as you've made those changes. 
Yeah, that newsletter. Interesting thing about the newsletter, actually, Jen knows this story, that we mistakenly sent it to it like seven or 8,000 people that I had in a different database from my previous career. And I thought, oh, shit, like, we've got tough anti-spam laws in Canada, and I figured I would, you know, I'd be in jail or something. I had a couple hundred people unsubscribe. All the rest of them are, this, this was in the summer, so we send it out monthly. I use just a basic system called Constant Contact, it's a little bit like Resora. Um, but I put in a lot of effort on that newsletter. So it now has about, I think it's a 78% open rate, and there's seven or 8,000 people or maybe more in that database. Uh, they spend 12, 13 minutes reading it, which is amazing. So the dwell time on it, as they say, is, is long. Um, it's not a ton about real estate. We put some market stats in there. We always feature our listings. I actually made a couple of great notes at this conference on some of the things that I'm gonna feature, yachting and, and other shops and, and people. Um, but it's been a great tool. And then off of that newsletter, we feed that into our, our social media calendar, all the other things that we do. But it's, I know it's, you know, it's an old school way of communication, but my clients you know, really, really love it. So uh, look me up and tell me a note. I'm happy to add you to the list just so you can see it. Borrow it. One of the most flattering things was actually that, I think it was the January newsletter, Paul Benson took the time to send me a note and, I mean, absolute legend, right? And he said, your newsletter is awesome. Nice. I thought that was cool. So. <laughs>